0: Welcome, episode 110 of the Ask Chief show, where we answer all of your burning questions on all things health, fitness, and nutrition.
1: We're your hosts, Lauren and Jason Pack, and we're on a mission to bring inclusivity and positive vibes to the fitness space. Today, we'll be discussing tight hamstrings, exercises for glute activation, wrist strengthening, and foot supination during squats and deadlifts. We hope you're excited. Let's get into the show.
0: What is up, Achievers. It's episode 110
1: snowing in boston
0: yeah yet again
1: nice. pretty common actually it's been a mild winter
0: it's been very mild actually yeah, yeah. we shouldn't
1: even say that Not gonna <laughs> um, <laughs> um,
0: getting close to in the clear though it's february 18th we got probably a couple more weeks of like potential really heavy downfall but yeah. march is usually okay it usually just turns to rain at that point
1: yeah we'll see yeah, yeah we'll see in class i was teaching kettlebell class uh on saturday and i was like we're almost halfway through february and Somebody was like, It's February 16th. I was like, There aren't 32 days in February. I was like, Wait, we're, we're more than halfway through February. It's even better. Um, yeah, so time is flying. Things are things yeah. are going great. If, we're, we're, uh, if we're a
0: little bit delirious, it's because uh, we thought we were out of the clear last time with Kendrick's sleep regression, but it turns out I think it was kind of like a a practice regression because now he's like he's like he's really in the thick of it right now yeah
1: he's waking up every 45 minutes and like he's easy to settle back down and so that's good but i'm not easy to settle back down <laughs> so like there was one last night where by the time i settled him back down and got into bed and got myself to sleep i felt like i maybe slept for five minutes before he was up again i was like oh my goodness so like but
0: there's some ways you could settle him back down like usually he responds really well to just kind of like patting him and uh putting his pacifier in and uh, I, I was just kind of thinking like while I was doing that, I was like, man, it would be great if, if there was like some sort of machine that kind of like just pat your baby <laughs> on the chest <laughs> and you could just turn it on. But, uh, I don't
1: know. That kind of takes out some of that nurturing. Uh...
0: Yeah. It might just like he moves around and hits him in the face. Yeah. Like... <laughs> no, I don't like
1: that idea. <laughs> that seems like a dad idea. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, anyway. We ready for
0: uh Yeah, let's do ready it. Ready for
1: the podcast? Cool. Okay, so the first question is a two-part question. We're going to um answer both cuz I think we can do them both fairly uh quickly. So, the first one is from Treasured Tablespoons, and she said, "Hey, Lauren and Jason, I have a couple questions for the podcast. One, I have a client who no matter what we do struggles with extremely tight hamstrings. What are your go-to mobility/flexibility slash exercises for hamstrings? Two, what are your favorite exercises for glute activation?" So we will uh, start with hamstrings and then go to glutes. Yeah. As
0: far as uh, for people, so this is for coaches who train people with really tight hamstrings or if this is you yourself, if you feel like you're stretching and stretching your hamstrings and they're kind of like staying in in that sort of like tight state, what could be happening is that you could be kind of barking up the wrong tree. Uh, It might not be an actual flexibility or tightness issue. It might just be more of this sort of like perceived or protective guarding that your body is actually placing on your body and so a couple things might be happening so you know try this out actually let me have you stand up um stand up tall out of wherever you are ideally not in a car stand up (laughs) tall and from there with your whole body as one unit i want you to very slightly lean forward so don't just lean forward at your head or your chest try to have everything slightly lean forward And then from there, if that feels pretty good, feels comfortable, try to lean forward even a little bit more. And that might start to get a little bit uncomfortable. You might start to feel your feet clench into the ground. You might feel your calves turn on a little bit. You might feel your hamstrings turn on a little bit, lower back turning on. And all these things are happening because your brain are putting brakes on you. They're putting protective measures in order for you to not fall. And so a lot of us might be standing slightly forward like that. Or if we have a little bit of anterior pelvic tilt, which is when your lower back is arched, in in an arched position, that extended position, that can also lead to a little bit of a forward weight shift, which means that calves, feet, hamstrings, lower back are all kind of like constantly turned on and constantly feel tight. And so what we need to do is just address just kind of resting posture a little bit. So when you are at rest and you're standing tall, do your best to try to lean slightly back. Like this is a matter of like half a millimeter, like or a millimeter, just slightly back. You might feel a lot of those muscles tr- start to kind of relax and turn off, uh, so to speak, or kind of like just like downregulate a little bit. Um, the other thing to do is to also work on core stability. So things like exercises like marching, dead deadbugging, uh, exercises where you try to get your ribcage down, your lower back in a more neutral posture. And, and try to reinforce that when you do movements like squats and deadlifts and lunges and push-ups and whatever other exercises you do at the gym where you're standing will also help to kind of realign you and bring you back to a little bit more of a neutral position. But the more forward you are, a lot of those muscles just never get a break and they feel really tight. And all the stretching in the world won't help to counteract that because it's an actual neurological thing rather than a true physiological flexibility thing.
1: Yeah. I think that's really helpful. And I think that that is more often what's going on than people having tight, quote unquote, tight hamstrings. That's true. Yeah. I mean, like I used to always feel like my hamstrings were tight and I would constantly like throw my leg up on a box and I could get my leg really high.
0: Yeah. I mean, you were an ex-gymnast. Right.
1: I was an inflexible gymnast, but I was still a gymnast. I was still able to do the splits. So like, you know, for the everyday person, I was still fairly flexible. So But I still felt like I was always doing stretches because I still felt like my hamstrings were tight. And I definitely fell into this category of just always being slightly forward and just not really being very balanced. And so exactly what Jason is talking about um, is kind of what applied to me. And now I don't ever feel like, oh, I need to stretch my hamstrings. They're so tight. Um, And I didn't do any stretches to actually make it feel that way. And you know the people who are always like – throwing their leg up on a box or leaning over and just kind of trying to like touch their toes and just they do it over and over and over and over again and they always still feel tight so obviously some some of those people it's not about stretching it's about something else so yeah
0: totally hopefully that um, helps yeah. yeah and then the next question is about uh glute activation right yeah uh, and so we actually don't do anything super fancy in terms of glute activation we just spend a lot of time Just cueing and building awareness with glutes with just simple either double leg glute bridges or single leg glute bridges. And really the key is the execution. Um, And so let's say you're doing a double leg glute bridge. What we have people do is, first of all, set up so that their heels are close to their butts. If their heels are further out away from their hips, what ends up happening is, is it puts their hamstrings in a greater position to fire and activate. So the closer they are, you shorten the hamstrings and you make it less likely for them to actually fire. So get those heels in really close. Get your feet about hip width apart. And from there, what I want you to do is keep your hips on the floor initially. Get your hands on your ribcage, that bony part that sticks out right below your chest. Get, your, get each hand on either side of your ribcage and arch your rib cage and lower back up towards the ceiling. And then from there, try to exhale and push your rib cage back down towards the floor. And do that back and forth a few times, and then from there, once you're all the way back down towards the floor, your lower back doesn't have to be flushed to the floor, um, but your ribcage should be depressed down towards the floor. Now keep your hands there as you bridge up. Bridge up towards the ceiling, but don't worry about getting your hips up as high as possible. Just worry about getting them as high as you can without letting your ribcage flare. And What that's doing is it's really making sure that your lower back isn't compensating for your glutes and putting the pressure on your abs and your glutes. So doing it that way can really help a lot in terms of glute engagement. Um, And then from there, the final piece to all this is if people still can't feel it after these adjustments and going really slowly, we have them put a band around their knees or we actually put our hands right around their knees and try to push their knees in. And by pushing their knees in, that signals to their brain, okay, I need to push my knees out. Your glutes are really responsible for external rotation, which is basically the motion that happens when you push your knees outwards while your feet are in place, and that really helps to facilitate them, really helps to activate and engage them. And yeah, that's pretty much about that's it. That's pretty perfect. You yeah. can use similar principles with a single leg glute bridge. Again, keep the heel in close. Again, keep your rib cage down and also apply some sort of pressure inward so that you're has an idea to push back outwards and again utilize glutes but we don't do like a whole ton of like get on all fours and do leg lifts for like 35 repetitions or anything other really fancy moves like that we just build awareness in very simple patterns because they are the main movement patterns for a reason
1: yeah and I think that glutes are one of those things that a lot of people will come back from like physical therapy and be like oh I have weak glutes or I can't activate my glutes like we hear that all the time and it's not that you can't activate your glutes like It's a muscle. It's there. You can do it. It's just about position positional awareness, like Jason was talking about. And so, a lot of times, people think like, "Oh, I have to do all these glute exercises," and they come in with like fifteen PT exercises with mini bands, and they're doing (laughs) like clamshells and side kicks and all this stuff. And it's like, if you just actually got your pelvis and your rib cage in good alignment, and just do a bridge, you're probably good. That's true. Yeah. (laughs) So, a lot of times, you can eliminate a, a lot of those excess exercises just by getting yourself into a good position and then from there you can just make it a little bit more challenging for yourself by lifting one leg off the floor and doing a single leg glute bridge or elevating your shoulders and doing a shoulders elevated glute bridge um where it just like the demand on your glutes is a little bit harder but you don't need to add in more and more and more exercises into the same warm-up um because if if it's not working in one Of those exercises, it's probably not going to work in all of them. Like you're probably just kind of out of alignment there. Yeah,
0: totally true. Cool.
1: Cool. All right. So we will move on to question number two. This one is from Pure8Gas. And they asked, um, loving your page and your easy and kind approach to things. I have scrolled through and didn't see anything. As a plus size gal, I struggle with wrist strength. I do forearm planks because my wrists are puny. (laughs) I'm trying Pilates now and something we tried today didn't work for the same reason. Is there anything I can do? Is it strength or mobility or both? Thanks and keep being awesome. Um, So this is super, super common and not just for plus size folks, but for for many folks um, who just haven't had the time under tension, basically, um, with their wrists in this really flexed position and so, or sorry, extended position. And so... What we typically do on a daily basis is we sit at a computer where our wrist is either straight or slightly flexed down, and we very rarely go with our like hands. Uh, if you think about flexion is with your, palm, like, your fingers curling toward your palm, and extension is with your fingers going back toward your forearm. Um, we're very rarely in extension. It's just not a position that we do on a daily basis anymore. And then we go to the gym, and we put all of our weight Onto that extended position, right? Um, And so that's really aggressive for a lot of people. And a lot of people start to feel like their wrists are weak. And really what it is is that you just haven't taken the time to build up to um, having your weight, being weight-bearing on your wrists. Yeah, totally. And so we have, um, I do think we have a YouTube video on that I did on handstands that yeah. has a whole wrist warm-up Will you link that
0: yeah definitely. Um,
1: it has a whole wrist warm-up to, as a prerequisite to handstands but it's a prerequisite really to tall planking to push-ups anything like that um, it's really good idea to get your wrists just moving in different planes of motion before you go right to weight bearing on them yeah
0: um, she asked if it was a an issue of mobility or strength um, and it really just depends like it's If you can actually get into position, then obviously it's not a mobility issue. But Mm -hmm. if you feel like your body has to compensate for a lack of mobility in your wrist, then obviously mobility is an issue. We always try to address mobility first before trying to apply strength and stability into a situation. So um, a lot of the drills that are in that YouTube video that I'll link in the show notes uh, offer just a lot of um, gentle mobility to the wrist and will help a lot.
1: Something, the way that you can maybe know this is if you're able to stack your shoulder right above your wrist in a plank and, and hold that, even if it's only for a second, but you can hold that and, it, and it's possible, then it's probably not mobility. Yeah, that's true. Um, if you're feeling like you have to bring your shoulders back because you can't, like, stacking them over your wrist is, like, impossible, like it feels like there's something stuck, then that's probably a mobility issue. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, and then from there, in terms of adding strength and stability, it's just about slowly and very conservatively adding load and more pressure over time right mm-hmm. and the big thing that we don't want to see is you holding for your max amount of time so if you hold for if you're in a tall plank position and you hold that position for as long as you can like that's going to severely tax those wrist muscles and those wrist ligaments and tissues so what we'd rather have you do is try to work up to holds where it gets you to a point where you're 70 to 80 percent of your max or 70 to 80 percent fatigued and then drop down Shake out your wrists, relax for a little bit, a minute or so, and then repeat again. And that's going to make it so that it builds this sort of strength and resiliency with through, throughout the tissues, but it doesn't overload them either because we don't want to overload um, these areas because it can, can develop into tendonitis and stuff like that. So we want to make sure that we're constantly... Um, dancing below that line.
1: Yeah. And if you're in a class setting, so like if you're in a Pilates class, for instance, and they're just doing holds, um, you can do, you can start in, let's say they're doing a tall plank hold, start in a tall plank, do it for, like Jason said, get to about 70%. And then you have two options. You can either, if you want to keep going with the class, you can drop down to your knees. That takes a little bit of the weight off. It kind of makes it so that it's not quite as much pressure, or you can drop down to your forearms. So you have kind of Two ways of modifying so that you start out in that position, but then you modify to meet yourself where you're at. Yeah, And then over time with each week, you can try to just hold a little bit longer and just be slowly adding up until all of a sudden you're like, oh, I can do this for the whole 60 (laughs) seconds. (laughs) Um, But if you try to force it too soon, then like Jason was saying, that's when we get into risk of of wrist injury, which we really don't want.
0: Yeah, but it's definitely not that you're weak or that no. the wrist is really weak or like vulnerable to injury. All it is, is just not really prepared for the movement quite yet. And we just need to slowly build stability and mobility over time.
1: Yeah. Cool. All right. Awesome. And then our third question is from Marissa.reese. And she said, I do have a question. My left foot rotates onto the outside of my foot when I squat or deadlift. My ankle rolls, rolls out laterally and the entire medial foot lifts off the ground. I've been working on quote-unquote, spreading the ground and gripping my toes to the earth, but it doesn't seem to be helping much. How do I fix this dysfunction?
0: Okay. This is a this is a really good question. And mm-hmm. it seems like they kind of are aware of just general strength training principles just by the fact that um, she understands to grip the floor and mm-hmm. root into the ground and spread the floor and all those different cues. Um, so it's definitely not a matter of being totally unaware, right? Yeah. So I think the, the first... The first and easiest fix is to basically get to a point where your foot is flared out where it doesn't roll onto the outside of the foot. So let's say you're in a position where your foot is flared out 5 to 10 degrees or so and you find yourself rolling to the outside of the foot. Just try out 15, 20, even 30, 35 degrees and match it on the other side. And that really should take care of it for the most part. Now the second part to this where it's actually more of a... um, more of a true fix is get your foot and ideally barefoot without any socks just on the floor and have it so that the point right below your big toe, um, which I think people refer to as the big toe mound, and the point below your pinky toe, your pinky toe mound, <laughs> and your heel, those three points make up what's known as your foot tripod or your short foot. Try to keep pressure along those three points and bear down into the floor. And don't grip with the toes, just grip with your actual foot. And now from there, slowly push your shin and your knee off to the side, the lateral part of your foot towards your pinky toe. And you should feel like this little sort of um, stretching sensation on the bottom of your foot where it's trying to maintain contact with all three points. And you'll find that your big toe mount really wants to pick up and lift off as you drive that knee off to the side But really do your best to keep that big toe mound glued to the ground. And this is a a way that you can drive some foot mobility as well. It sounds silly, but um, your foot can lack some mobility in that direction. So do your best to do, like, let's say 10 to 15 reps or so. And uh, I think you'll find some benefit there. But in the meantime, you don't want to just stop squatting and stop deadlifting. Just flare your feet out a little bit, and that's totally fine. And then as as your mobility starts to improve, you can bring your feet further and further back in, if that's something that you want to do.
1: Yeah. Um, I think that's perfect. Those are the two the two go-tos that we would usually say. Because it's on one side, I would just wonder if she's tested out her ankle mobility in each direction Mm. um and just see if there's a a discrepancy from one side to the other. If that's the case, you can just do a couple extra ankle mobility drills on the side that's a little bit tighter. Um, just whenever there's something that's um one-sided, we want to just look into that a little bit further, just out of curiosity of like what could be causing that. But like Jason said, just matching it with the other foot. So if your left foot needs to flare out a little bit more just match it with your right foot and then everything yeah. should still kind of stay um stay in good shape
0: yeah i'll i'll load the um we also have a youtube video on uh, ankle mobility so i'll load that in the show notes as well
1: Alright, cool. All right. So I believe those are all of our answers to your burning questions for today. Thank you so much for sending those in. And if you have any questions of your own, shoot us a DM on Instagram at a chief in this Boston. If you like the podcast and you wouldn't mind leaving us an iTunes review, we would be very, very grateful for that. And until next time, peace, love and, and muscles. muscles.
0: Perfect timing because Kendrick is crying now. <laughs>